everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Trust Your Board Podcast. My name is Stephen Wright, joined by Mr. William Monroe. Will, how you doing, man? Doing well, Steve. We got week one in the books here. Eagles got a big win. I'm happy about that. Doing pretty well in most of the fantasy leagues here. Um, although we do have some uh, some big injuries here in week one already. Yeah, we do. Um, that's really messed us up personally <laughs> on the uh, mm-hmm. on the dynasty front. Um, but yeah, definitely having yeah, a uh, waiver impact already. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, one of the longer waiver lists that we've created here. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have... Uh, we got to just breeze over some people so we don't drag this out too long. Um, but yeah. you want to run down the injuries real quick here? Yeah, so some of the major injuries we saw uh, last night. Dak Prescott injured his thumb uh, Tampa Bay against Tampa Bay in that last game of the day. Uh, it sounds like surgery is going to put him out about six to eight weeks. So you're looking at probably half to a little bit more than half of the fantasy season obviously impacting him anybody who has Dak Prescott but going to be an impact on some of those weapons there too we'll see how that affects Schultz and Lamb and Zeke and the rest of the weapons there in Dallas uh, another quarterback injury maybe less severe Mac Jones sounds like all of the tests came back negative for him so looks like he's probably okay um but you know more more to have more to come there from a quarterback perspective then we're looking at you know, running backs, Nashi Harris and Elijah Mitchell. Elijah seems like it's going to be a little bit longer. You know, I think we said, what, two months? Yep, two months. And Najee, maybe the dreaded high ankle sprain. So it sounds like he's going to play this week, but we'll see if he's hampered at all throughout, um, you know, throughout this. And then some receivers, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, T. Higgins, and Wondell Robinson. Um, Higgins dealing with the concussion, so hard to get gauge there but sounds like Allen and Godwin both uh hamstring injuries so those ones probably put him out a few weeks you'd think Allen's already confirmed out this week right because he's a Thursday game yeah they got the Thursday game yeah they said they didn't practice today um that's why they don't have like an official report but likely wouldn't have been practicing today and I don't think he's officially ruled out but Almost impossible to get back that early from a, a hamstring injury the way that they're expecting yeah, and it. Godwin, you know, coming off the the other injury where we couldn't, no one really thought he was hundred percent to begin with, and was just kind of going to, you know, work up. To yeah, it. you know, this is a could be a big setback. So that's a uh, that is a shame. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough, and, and it's going to impact some of our waiver options here as well. You know, we'll impact some quarterbacks there, some top quarterbacks there with Brady, Herbert, and, and Burrow. You know, losing. You know, not one of their top options. Luckily, all of them were offenses that had multiple, but, you know, definitely going to impact you when you don't have one of those big uh, weapons there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we will jump into those players in a bit. Um, first, we will be looking more at the Danaji Elijah Mitchell side of things and some running back waivers. Um, yeah, these injuries, um, well, it's things for the player, especially for the running back. It, it actually usually opens up some opportunity here for the waivers. Um, so both of them, you, know, you could see a, a hot waiver claim there in Pittsburgh or San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. I guess we could start with uh, Pittsburgh real quick. I think the believed backup is uh, Jalen Warren. Yes, I think it's Jalen. I believe it's Jalen Warren, but he was said to be looking great in camp, you know, clear backup. Um, he rushed three times for seven yards in the win. It looked like Najee, you know, played most of the game. I don't think he 
got hurt until overtime or just before overtime. So not a ton of opportunities for Warren. Um, so this one, I don't, I don't know that you want to throw it all on it. You may even be able to get him pretty cheap because he didn't do a ton. Um, it's more just, you know, he's not a highly regarded player coming out uh, as a rookie undrafted. So it's hard to tell if he'll be the guy or if it'll be, you know, a slew of guys, or if Najee will even, you know, or if Najee will even, you know, miss a beat, he, he could come back and look fine, um, or at least good enough to warrant like all the carries. Any interest there? Yeah, I think that's Warren? my problem. Like that, they, they don't, you know, it would be one thing if they came in and said, "Hey, Najee's going to miss three weeks," and then you know, high ankle sprain, maybe it bothers him, bothers him the rest of the year, and you know, you get three weeks out of, you know, maybe you get three weeks out of Warren, um, but. They haven't, you know, Najee could be playing this week and, you know, Warren could see an increased role but not worth the fantasy pickup maybe. So I would probably avoid him. I mean, I wouldn't avoid him, um, but he's not high on my list considering with, you know, with regards to the others that we're going to be talking about soon. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I'd probably throw him on as a claim, but you know, unless the injury's worse. And he looks great in this next game. I don't think you're going to have to spend a ton of, of fab on him and, and definitely wouldn't use him as like a top waiver claim, if, you know, unless you had multiple and he was like a backup option. Um, we'll run through a couple of more highly rostered people, but if they're available, you know, you jump all over them. First one, James Robinson. Looks like he's just under our 60% threshold here in Yahoo. He's a 59% owned now, so must went up a little bit yesterday. Came away with 19.4 points here in half PPR. 11 carries for 66 yards, scored a touchdown, had a catch for another three yards, and a touchdown. So two touchdowns bolstered his day a bit there, but even without the touchdown, still comes away with 7.4 fantasy points in, um, and you know getting a lot of touches. So what are your thoughts there uh, you know, on, on Jim Robinson? Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's the easy top waiver ad. I mean, he looked good. Um, he's not going to be in that dominant role like he was before because ETN's usage was pretty good. Um, but he's the easy one here, which is, you know, indicative of his, his rostered percentage being close to 60%. Like, he's going to be hard to find. So um, hopefully he's yeah. out there. But that's an Got easy Got a lot one. of targets, a lot of touches. Um, he, 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 I think, is, is probably best positioned of the, the three here we're going to talk about that are, you know, there's not like a defined defined starter um, compared to the next two. I'll, I want to run through with with ETN. You know, presumed the guy, but Robinson. You know, I think has just has has as much daylight as you know, if not more than the other guys here. So he's a guy I think you could pick up and, and really get the one, if not a fifty fifty split. Um, some other highly rostered guys: Jamal Williams in Detroit had a good game, and Khalil Herbert in in, uh, in Chicago. Both had. A lot of touches, Jamal, 11 carries and two targets. We had Herbert, nine carries, one target. So they got some action. They're pretty clear, the number two, but it's probably, you know, maybe like a 55-45 thing because both teams want to run the ball and want to use them. Um, so those guys are a little more available, and then they're going to be more your depth pieces. There was no injury in front of them. So I don't know that the ceiling is terribly high for either unless an injury occurs, but I think they're guys that you know probably should be rostered if they're not. Yeah, again, kind of further down my list because they need the injury to uh, to be something. I mean, they're going to have startable weeks, but 
you know, what weeks that that's going to be is, is really up for debate. Um, or I'd rather throw a dart at, you know, a San Francisco running back and see if I, uh, if I land an actual starter, given the injury has already happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be the big one here before I jump to that three other names to call out to Isaiah Pacheco. Um, he did well, but I fear a lot of that was in garbage time. Uh, you know, he had a 12 carries. He actually led the team in carries, but they were up big. Um, so I think he's probably worth a stash. He looks good. You know, maybe against twos. I'm not sure if, if Arizona put their backups in, but you know, he got some work late. Can he gain well, scored a touchdown, and, and the Eagles looked like they wanted to run the ball. So they got everyone involved. Then Rex Burkhead, you know, showed that he's going to be involved. It's not going to be thrilling, but he, he you know, he's going to be involved here with Damian Pierce. Any interest in either of those three before we get to the uh, running back um, main event? Probably, unfortunately, more so Burkhead. It's the, the gross <laughs> pick, but the grossest probably leads him to be the, the cheaper pick. Um, but yeah, looks to be a starter and, and could get a lot of volume. So that, that's probably where I lean. Yeah. So I, I'm probably there as well. I mean, yeah, the, he's probably the one that you would be most comfortable playing of the bunch, but Gainwell and Pacheco you know, have the most upside. So I wouldn't spend much on them, but I, I think they're probably both, you know, if you have a deep roster, if you have some open spots and none of these other guys are available, good upside shots. Um, I don't know if either would be a feature back, even if the starter went down ahead of him. Though, so I think that's it's the big issue. I think both would you know implore more of committee roles. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then uh, we got those 49ers guys: Jeff Wilson, uh, Mason, Tyrion Davis, Price. Uh, you throwing a dart at any of them, and if so, who? Yeah, it's tough to say. I, I probably would throw dart on all three i probably would go wilson first just because he's the veteran and he is always there i think more than likely it'll probably be a split between wilson and one of the two so that's why i probably would throw the first dart at wilson because i think he's probably the most assured of a role whereas i could easily see mason or davis price coming out and maybe being the one a and wilson being the one b and the other person being left out um you know, or maybe they cannibalize each other. I just don't know which of the two to make because Davis Price was drafted in the third round. Mason, uh, was it, is it Mason? Is the last name? Yeah, Jordan Mason, undrafted, but he was active in game in game one. Davis Price wasn't, so I'm guessing all three will be active. But I don't know which to take. They're going against Seattle next week, so that's a good matchup. I'd you know love to get one of the three, and then I think Wilson would be the one I'd be targeting. Um, but I'd probably put in a claim for all three and see if I can get one and maybe you luck out and, and end up with the one that, you know, gets the most work. Yeah, it's really hard to say. I I think I would lean Mason as being the guy just because he was actually active and Davis Price wasn't for this game. Um so I think that's a little telling. Um but I'd probably lean on Mason, then I mean, Wilson probably becomes the, the goal line guy, but he's fit in that role in the past. But yeah, it's really hard to tell. But I would probably lean Mason. But yeah, throw the dart at the, you know, who you like most, I guess. Yeah, so that gets us through running backs. Anybody else top of mind that weren't on the list here? No, nah, I don't think so. All right, move over to receivers. Um, pretty heavy here. Uh, and so you highlighted a few guys. So I'll just kind of run down some of the other ones here, and, and then we can talk a little bit more about some of the uh, some of the guys I think that may factor in bigger. Uh, we had Devin Duvernay, 30%. 
rostered. He had a pretty big game. I don't know that we love the the Baltimore offense, but he looked to be the three there. Robbie Anderson for Carolina, ten percent rostered. Travis Landry, forty two percent rostered, and, and looked you know like he was out, you know, probably the biggest target. Even though Michael Thomas got a couple touchdowns. DJ Chark for Detroit, forty percent rostered. Uh, Zay Jones in Jacksonville, Peoples Jones, Cleveland, both look decent, low roster ship. Um, and then before I get into some of the, the bigger names here, some very low percentage names that actually had a pretty big impact in week one here. Greg Dortch in Arizona, 0% rostered. Kenny, uh, sorry, Kyle Phillips, 1% rostered for Tennessee. And Richie James, 0% rostered for the Giants. Any interest in those very low rostered guys that actually, you know, had a lot of targets on um, the team? So of those bottom ones, um, definitely not Richie James. Like, he's been in the league for too long. Um, and I'm figuring that's just an outlier. There's plenty of opportunity in that, that offense, but I, we've seen enough of him. Um, I'd probably go with George just because someone's got to fill in for that Hopkins role. And, but the problem is he's only got like a six week shelf life where Phillips, maybe he's just the guy for Tennessee the rest of the year. I don't know how valuable that's going to be, but it's possible. But I, I probably, I think George has more upside, even though it's, it's a limited time frame. I'd probably throw the dart there. How about you? Yeah, I think it's probably George and Phillips. I, you know, I, I don't see one as that much bigger than the other. Um, I think Phillips, yeah, you know, it was a really good, prospect coming in and and we see that now throughout the summer people are hype on him as a rookie George kind of came out of nowhere you know the last few weeks and you know proved it here as you know looked pretty steadily as the wide receiver two there so I'd probably put both of them kind of at the back of my waiver claims if you know I've got you know one or two three roster spots available you know throw in claims for some bigger players and then have them as like zero uh zero feb claims to just get somebody on the roster there um, but there, those are guys that showed out well, but we'll see how it shakes out the next week. Not a lot of difference before them. A couple of injuries ahead of them, though. Keenan Allen, Tyler Boyd, both getting hurt. Uh, I'm sorry, Keenan Allen and T. Higgins getting hurt, maybe opening some up stuff up there in L.A. and in Cincinnati. Yeah, so those are some interesting ones. I mean, Boyd historically he's always been your kind of prototypical PPR kind of guy, but you know, with Burrow, you'd got a quarterback that could sling it around more than Dalton could. So, you know, maybe he has some upside while Higgins is out. Yeah. He's 56% rostered too. So may not be out there for everyone, but he's always a guy that you don't mind putting on your bench because if one of the top two go down, you can plug and play him. If he's the number two option on the team, it's just, he's rarely the number two option, unfortunately. hundred percent. Um, and then the Keenan Allen, you know, we got Carter, we got Palmer. Um, Carter had a nice game. I probably put my bet on Palmer cause we've seen it before. Um, mm-hmm. and there was, you know, talk of the off season of it, you know, how good he was doing. So I'd probably take my shot on Palmer between those two. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I'm on the Palmer train as well. I think he's a higher upside player. They clearly used him a lot last year. The year is this his third year or second year? I know it's him and Guyton. Third, I think. Um, they're both young, but they're both guys that clearly have been groomed um, to get playing time when someone goes down. So I think Palmer's what I would think the guy. Uh, but DeAndre Carter played well throughout the game. He's a veteran in the league, so I think he's going to probably be used, and maybe it'll be those two. 
and Mike Williams. And I'm sure Guyton will be worked in as well. The tight ends are getting work. So a lot of weapons there. Um, Palmer, I think, would be the guy for me out, out of the two of those, though, like, like you said there. How about some of our other uh, twosomes here? We had uh, Dotson and uh, Curtis Samuel. Both had good games for Washington, and then you had Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson for the Jets. Uh, do you have preferences on either of those fronts? Um, tough. I probably lean Dotson in the Washington um, first-round picks. The pedigree's there. He showed it from week one. I mean, he only had three catches. I'm not sure exactly how many targets he had. But he looked great. Had some really good catches in the end zone for those touchdowns. Curtis Samuel, I think, is going to be up and down. I think you probably, you know, throughout the year are going to get more consistency from Dotson. Um, but we'll see. Carson, you know, does spread it around a little bit there. And I probably go with the Wilson side of the Jets receivers. He's higher owned. But if they're going to try to use all three, you know, Core Davis will probably be usable as well. It's just, it's the Jets. So I'm, I'm probably leaning. And until we see Zach Wilson back and the offense looking better, you know, Carson Wentz had a great week for Washington. So that's definitely going to be a more, you know, an, an offense that you'd rather start players on than, than the Jets right now. So I'd probably go Wilson over Davis, but that one is, you know, kind of take a dart throw on either one. Probably, you know, go one of the Chargers guys, one of the Washington guys, and then one of the Jets guys kind of in that order. But in there as well yeah that's fair i'm probably with you i'd go with wilson he's got actual upside at this point um and, and davis really doesn't and then uh washington one i do think is pretty difficult i think i'm with you i'd go dotson um but we shouldn't be forgetting about curtis samuel um yeah, any other names you want to call out here well i know you mentioned juvenile early robbie anderson had a day chark um say jones people's jones anyone else uh interest you at all uh not a ton of Jarvis is interesting, I guess. Uh, probably are the ones we talked about, just because I think they're gonna they're gonna have to throw the ball a good bit. Um, you know, Atlanta I don't think is a great offense, but they were able to move the ball on New Orleans, and I think people were excited for New Orleans because of their defense. Um, so it sounds like they're gonna have to throw the ball a little bit more. We'll see. I know Jameis came out, but I think he went back in, so I'm not sure about his injury right now, but. I think of of the group there. I mean, Chark has some upside, but Jarvis is probably the one of that you know middle bunch that we talked about. Yeah, I'm probably with you. Everything else could be a one off. Maybe not Chark, but uh, yeah, more trust in Landry. Cool. Then we can uh, move on to the the terrifying world of tight ends. Terrifying world of tight ends is right. I mean, there's a couple. I, I actually had to make a pivot from George Kittle. I was debating between Gerald Everett, um, David Njoku, and Hunter Henry, and went with Everett. So it worked out, you know, because he got in the end zone. The other two, I think, you know, had maybe 20, 30 yards, so nothing nothing crazy there. But, yeah, it's um, it's not great. There's some interesting options here. Uh, and, and depending on how your your league settings work, maybe a really interesting option with, um, with Taysom Hill. But uh, we're going through a couple here. We had O.J. Howard scored two touchdowns. He's only 1% rostered for, for Houston. Taysom Hill's only 9% rostered, and he got a lot of work in his unique position uh, with the Saints. Joe Everett, as I mentioned, scored a touchdown. I think he had three or four catches, so he was somewhat involved, but got involved in the end zone, 20% rost- 27% rostered. Hayden Hurst for Cincinnati was involved as well, only 10% rostered. Higby up at 56%, so may not be available for a lot of people, but... 
clearly was the number two option uh, behind Cooper Cup on Thursday. And Tyler Conklin uh, was involved with the Jets here, 2% rostered. Um, what are your thoughts on those guys? I think it's pretty easy. Um, I don't trust OJ Howard. Um, he had the two touchdowns, but I think it was two targets or three targets. So that screams kind of outlier. Um, Taysom Hill, I'd imagine, is going to do Taysom Hill things. So pop off once every four or five weeks, and that'll be it. And it'll be nothing predictable. Um, Higby, I've seen too much from. Like every year, you can craft a narrative about how it, you know, it's his year and. Maybe it will be this year, but I'd rather not roll the dice. And he's pretty, like you said, highly owned as well. So he's going to be tough to get. Um, so really, it's it's Everett, Hurst, and Conklin um, that I like the most. Got some solid usage. Um, you know, Everett, you know, on the uh, the best offense, I think, is the one I'm going to take the shot on. But all three of those, I'm pretty happy with. What about you? Yeah, I would say yeah, probably Everett and, and Hurst. And I mean, Higby, if he's there, because um, he looked like the guy. OJ Howard, Conklin don't do a ton for me. I mean, maybe this is it. You know, I wouldn't mind if you, you know, have nothing going at tight end and you want to pick up Everett to start this week. And then if you have an extra spot, you know, throwing Howard on the bench, because I don't think you can confidently start him, only getting a couple targets, but getting in the end zone. But if he looks like it's, you know, him, Cooks, and then, then the rest, I mean, maybe they're just cannibalizing the targets there. But yeah, Taysom Hill, I think, is the biggest one because if he has tight end, um, eligibility that's pretty big for a guy that's probably gonna get a lot of carries uh it looks like they're gonna try to use him in that package and can break off a big run yeah it's possible it's possible so yeah you could definitely stash him and see how it works out um you're just gonna be stuck next week when he puts up a goose egg or something and then you don't you don't know what to do and then week three he might pop off and then oh man it's it could quickly become one of those scenarios where you just don't know what to do um but I guess better to be, you know, have the player with that option than to not have him at all. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that moves us over here to quarterbacks, unless you had any other tight ends up your sleeve that I didn't know. No, about. no, that is all. So yeah, we can get over to the uh, more so the streaming portion of the show here. Yeah, yeah. So quarterbacks and defenses, um, you know, as we tend to be, we, we tend to look to these positions as more streaming options. I mean, if you have a top quarterback, great, but a lot of times it's, you know, you can find a middle of the pack quarterback or defense with a great matchup and they could end up as a top five guy that week. So we saw that here with our first streaming quarterback and Carson Wentz. He played really well in his debut for Washington, only 12% rostered. He has clearly some pretty good weapons as we alluded to earlier and it's going to Detroit here in week two. Um, so any interest there in Carson as a streamer? If yeah, you need of it? all the options that we're going to have here, he's number one on my list. He, you know, looked good. Like you said, has the weapons, has an easy matchup against Detroit. Um, so I will, uh, I'll happily take one, sir. Yeah. You're going to be starting him over, um, over Trey Lance that this week I or don't what? No, cause Trey Lance has <laughs> Seattle and that's a, uh, that's pretty yeah. juicy as well, but I don't know. It's tempting. Another juicy matchup. Uh, yeah, I think he's probably the top option by a good bit. I mean, we have some other guys who played well, and, and I probably would like to stream coming up, but maybe not these two matchups here. Winston against Tampa Bay and Mariota against the Rams. Um, any interest in either of them who you know look pretty solid, but have some pretty good tough matchups? Yeah, the matchups are too tough for me to trust. I mean, maybe Mariota given the, you know, the rushing, but I'm not going to trust him after one week. And you know, in a tough matchup, in LA after the loss, it 
It's scary. So no, I'd rather not do either of those. Yeah, I kind of agree there. It's, I mean, you know, desperate times, I guess, would call. But yeah, just Wentz, I think, is really the only guy of the bunch here that I'd be excited to play. If uh, I was here. desperate, so you mentioned we also on our list we got Mayfield um, at the Giants and then Matt Ryan at Jacksonville. If I was that desperate and can't get Wentz, I'll go with Matt Ryan against Jacksonville. Yeah, probably a safer option. Baker's an interesting upside play because uh, I don't really think they got CMC going a ton. He, you know, played okay, but didn't really get going. So I could see, you know, against the Giants defense. I mean, they played solid against Tennessee, but I could see Baker being an interesting upside option if you really need a, uh, you know, stream and you want maybe more upside than Matt Ryan, but Carson Wentz is off the board, let's say. Yeah, possible. But uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like we are aligned on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, could be tough for streaming if you don't have Wentz, but uh Defense is also a position that you can stream here, Will. We got uh, the Bengals at Dallas, the Browns versus the Jets, the Steelers versus New England, the Commanders at Detroit, and the Panthers at the Giants. Who are you uh, liking out of that group? Yeah, so two uh, newly added here, Bengals at Dallas, Steelers at New England uh, with two quarterback injuries. Seems like Mac Jones is okay, uh, but the Steelers did play really, really good. So I, I still think that's a decent option. Bengals at Dallas is a big one, especially with Dallas not, um, you know, with Dallas not having their uh, their top quarterback here with Dak Prescott. So we'll see what the offense looks like. Do they call up San Francisco and think about maybe making a trade there for Garoppolo? Who knows? But this week, I don't imagine if they even if they did that, he would be able to play this quickly. So I, I like the Bengals there. Steelers, I think, are good. Um, and then the Browns against the Jets, I think, is a solid one as well. Yeah, Bengals seemed the most obvious. Even if he did cha- trade for Jimmy G, he's not going to be ready that quickly. And if he's ready, he's not going to be that efficient. So um, that seems like top one. Also, the, you know, the most difficult one to get. Um, Browns, again, do, like you said, seem all solid against the Jets. Um, the Steelers, definitely against New England. New England just does not look right. Um so those would be the top three. No real surprise are the top three in, in ownership here. Um, of the bottom two in ownership, you have the the commanders rostered in 12% and Panthers at 5%. Which one of those two would you uh, stream? Commanders at Detroit. Panthers yeah, I don't know. Giants. I mean, the commanders actually looked decent defensively, um, but then Detroit looked pretty decent offensively. So I don't I don't know about that one. Um, Saquon looked awesome, but I don't, I don't think that Daniel Jones looked very good. Uh, I didn't catch a ton of the Panthers game, so I'm not sure. Did you see anything about that? Like, how did their defense look? Um, decent matchup here, but I don't know it's, if the team yeah, itself was good. It's hard to say because, like, just Brissett didn't look good. I don't think that was a Panthers thing. I think that was a Brissett thing. Um, so I wouldn't really trust them. Um, personally, I think I'd, I would go with the Commanders more so. Yeah. Yeah, kind of in line with you there. Yes, we'll see. Detroit ran the ball really well, but didn't particularly throw the ball super well. So in line with you there as well. Um, but that about wraps up our uh, streaming portion here. Yeah, and that wraps up the uh, the whole waiver show. So uh, tune in on Thursday. We'll have the Start Sit episode for week two up. You can hit us up on Twitter at Trust Your Board with your Start Sit questions. Um, and until then, folks... Thanks for listening and trust your board.